Welcome to I Communicate on Full Service Radio, 830 WCRN. To join the conversation, call 508-871-7000. Now, here's your host, Mark Alton. Good afternoon and welcome back to another edition of I Communicate, the Mindset Go Radio Show. And I'm going to get right to it today. i got to tell you, I, I was having a conversation the other day about job interviews. And one of the things I always talk about with job interviews is how to self-assess yourself. You know, when you get done a job interview, how do you really know if you did a good job? And of course, the obvious answers are the feedback I received. Were the nonverbals good? Were they smiling? Were they laughing? Were they asking a lot of questions? The body language you receive, feedback, body language, things like that. I mean, and then there's the obvious stuff about do they ask you for another interview and things like that. But many times we go on an interview and we really don't know how we did. And it reminded me of the question everybody dreads on an interview, which is what our show about today is show is about today, which is what's your biggest weakness? And of course, some people, a lot of people, used to say things like, I work too hard. Ha ha ha, I work too hard. And it got me thinking, when I was talking to this person earlier this week, I was thinking, work too hard. What does that actually mean? How do you know if you're a hard worker? How do you know if you have a great work ethic? What does actually work too hard mean? And I remember, I used to work with this company back about 10 years ago who I would, I would order printed materials from, marketing collateral and different things like that. And one of their reps, she drove me up the wall. Every time I would check on an order to see where things were at and answers to my questions, she would always say, Mark, don't worry, I'm working really hard on this. And that was like her standard go-to answer every time. And I used to get so irritated. I'm like, what does that even mean? So before the show today, I actually looked up, you know, work ethic, working hard. And it actually says, one who is industrious and diligent in carrying out tasks or duties. And this is the best part. After that, it said, striver. And... I know that's a core value for so many people, whether, whether it's at the job you work at, where you're expected to work really hard, whether you set high standards and expectations for yourself about working hard, whether you're a competitor and you're competing at something. It, could, it certainly could be sports, but it could be a hobby. It could be music, theater, any other extracurricular you do as an adult or even as a child. But that working hard phrase has so many meanings to it. And, and perception of hard work can be very different than the reality of working hard. And so I wanted to start off the show today by talking about what are some characteristics that I personally value that I, that I know if someone's working hard. And one of the things is, is it always starts to me with their process. Because, you know, the old expression, work harder, not smarter. And I always joke around, I want people to work harder and smarter, right? I want both. Why, why do we have to just work smart? We can work hard too. It's, working hard is not a bad word. Working hard doesn't mean, you know, oh my God, we're working too hard. It can, which we will talk about later on the show, but we don't want to be afraid of hard work, right? We just want to know what hard work actually means. 
You know, you hear a lot of talk these days uh, around the stigma and frustration older generations have of millennials. They don't want to work hard. They're entitled. All these repetitious phrases and assumptions that come out about millennials. Again, what is the definition of working hard? So I mentioned the process. How do they solve problems? How do they critically think? Do they have a sense of urgency to get a job done correctly, but also to get a job done quickly? You know, one of my frustration points about hard work is I feel like if you give someone a task list of things to do and you don't tell them how long it's going to take or you don't discuss how long it should take, there won't be a sense of urgency to get it done. Because if they get it done, what happens? Then there's just more work sitting there waiting for them. And this is where if you don't have passion and purpose around your work, there is no motivation to work hard. Because what's the light at the end of the tunnel? What is the, what is the opportunity waiting for you by working that much harder? And this is really the riddle of culture in the workplace and creating passion and purpose as part of your work environment. Because if you come to work every day and you don't know why you get up in the morning and you don't know why you're going to work hard, you're, you're most likely in many cases going to go through the motions Yes, you need to make a living. Yes, you need to pay the bills. Yes, you need to support your family. But what it comes down to is if you don't have that intrinsic motivator and understanding why you work at all, why you work at all, the motivation to work hard is secondary. Because if you don't even have the motivation to why you're going to work in the first place and you're going through the motions, then then that secondary piece is a big ask. So, of course, there are things that define people that are hard workers. They don't make excuses, right? They prioritize, you know, they know how to prioritize more important things and less important things. And then it comes all these generic expressions. They'll go the extra mile. And what's interesting is I had a girl that I hired at my first company. I'll never forget this. First day on the job, she came up to me at the end of the day and she goes, hey, I was just curious. Now, now what I'm about to say, think about, forgive the French, think about the, 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 the chutzpah, the balls that it took to say this. First day of work, she comes up to me and she says, hey, I was wondering if I could leave at four typically instead of five. And I said, well, why would you ask that? And she said, well, I just looked around at the other people that work here and I'm much more efficient with the way I work, and I can get more done by four than I think they would do by five anyway. So I think I should have that opportunity. Now, forget about the chutzpah took to ask. It speaks to the whole conundrum about defining working hard. And what you'll see a lot of people do in the workplace is they, working hard will be staying, they're not a clock puncher. They'll stay to six, seven, eight o'clock at night. Heck, maybe they leave at five, They go home and have dinner with their family and they're back on the computer doing work for two or three hours. And so we tend to elevate people based on a quantity factor, right? So working hard is look at at so-and-so. They're still in the office working. They work really hard. Look at so-and-so. They're sending emails at 10 or 11 o'clock at night. They work hard. So our first barometer, I can throw you out process and problem solving and not making excuses 
and going the extra mile. But really, what it all comes down to is our first barometer for hard work is quantity over quality. And I think if you talk to most bosses and leaders in, that work in corporate America, they'll tell you that even if they don't think it should be quantity over quality, because they're in a rush and moving so quickly, that's the first thing they, they judge. That's because it's visible. You don't have to think. It's just visible, right? And so that hard worker label. Now, now let's talk about hard work in sports. You know, one of the points I always like to make about hard work in sports is it's always tied to physical effort. You know, this person's dripping sweat when they come off the court. This person's going full bore in practice, not just the game. But again, that's physical. What we don't think about when we talk about hard work is mental and emotional effort. Think as you're listening to the show today, think about when you're working on a project or a task that requires intense concentration. So what if you're the kind of person that focuses and locks in, puts your phone away, doesn't look at email, and is just locked in for two or three hours. Anybody that is focusing on a project or task that requires some significant research, due diligence, critical thinking, thought, that two or three hours can be more taxing than five, six, seven, eight hours of physical labor. Or it could be equivalent to it. So, second barometer is working hard defined just physically or and, and what are the mental and emotional aspects of working hard investing in your work how about that does that count as someone who works hard someone who invests in their work and again how do you measure that you know someone who invests in their work and it could be because they make sure to focus and make the time to do the job effectively and the best it could possibly be done So when we come back from our first break, we're going to continue talking about how that defining of working hard, look at some more measurement tools, and then we're going to talk about taking initiative because that's a real buzzword in the workplace. Whenever I talk about doing communication or leadership training for companies, I'll often have executives look at me and say, we want people to take more initiative. So when we come back from our first break, I will talk more about how to take initiative, measuring initiative. This is Mark Altman for the Mindset Go Radio Show. We'll be right back. Now, I communicate continues on full service radio, 830 WCRN. Once again, here's your host, Mark Altman. Welcome back to the Mindset Go Radio Show. I'm your host, Mark Altman. Good to be back here on a Thursday afternoon. And we're talking about defining working hard. And I'm really, my goal today is for you to listen to this show and really come away with a different perspective, not only on you, how you evaluate other people and your perception of how hard they work, but also on yourself and kind of reframing this for you and evaluating what are your core values and what are your definitions for working hard. So we talked about how usually it's a quantity over quality thing. We talked about how it's usually a physical versus mental or emotional. And frankly, even more so than physical, we'll call it task or project completion, which is another quality 
excuse me, another quantity measurement. All right. So, but I wanted to talk about initiative. So let let's let's look at how initiative fits into play. So think about for a minute why or why not someone would be motivated to take initiative. Well, the first thing about taking initiative is because we're all claiming we're so busy and because we all feel like we have a sentence to always be busy, then the thought of taking initiative, first you have to recognize to even do it. You know, do you have enough time in your day uh, to, to even think it's realistic for you to take initiative and add on other tasks or responsibilities? Well, usually we tell each other that, that we don't, right? And then the, and then the second aspect is even if we did have the time, do we want to take initiative? Which can be very discouraging because if you take initiative, listen to all the head trash that comes into play around initiative. Well, now, if I offer to take something on for someone, will it now become an expectation? Because once I open the door to take initiative, will I be setting a precedent where people will want to start leaning on me for more and more things because they'll think, wow, if they had time to ask, geez, maybe I can delegate and unload more things on them, right? So first is, will you even convince yourself you have the time to do so? Second is, if you have the time to do so, do you want to set the perceived precedent or pattern? And third, there's the reciprocity aspect of taking initiative. So if I come up to you and I offer to take something off your plate or see how else I can help the company or my department or my team, well, I'm kind of hoping you do that for me. I'm hoping someone sees me someday and takes the initiative to come some come take something off my plate or maybe brainstorm and problem solve with me. And owing someone something in gratitude is heavy in personal life, never mind in the workplace. So whenever whenever an executive says to me, we, we want you to help people take more initiative, I take a totally different approach because we got to remove what's in the way, what are the things you have convinced yourself your values, your beliefs, your workload, your assumptions about why you would or wouldn't take initiative, right? And one of the things I've been hearing lately, which is very troubling to me, is a lot of, a lot of leaders and even individuals in the workplace aren't, don't want to take credit for things they do. Now, I believe that the best leaders create the kind of team culture where they're not seeking credit. But the problem is there's a way to take credit without sounding boastful or bragging. And with everybody being so busy and running around in the workplace, sometimes a lot of your hard work and your innovative ideas and the fact that you did take initiative can be glazed over and missed very easily. Not even because people don't care or don't want to acknowledge it. They don't stop to think about it. And so when I think of taking initiative, the other connection point to that is recognition. And what you have very often in the workplace, I want you to picture a scenario. Think about this for a moment. Okay. Let's say you were just working on a project with someone in your team. And you came up with an idea. And that idea actually spurred the project to be much better than it was, maybe even completed in a more timely fashion, and you did that. Now, no no one might ever give you credit for that. No one might ever talk about it. And if you sent an email to your boss and you said, hey, boss, 
just wanted to tell you that project had, was a great opportunity. And, you know, I just wanted to share with you that it was a real learning experience. And, it, and, and as I was critically thinking through it, I came up with this, uh, with this idea and it really spurred the project to be done better and faster or something along those lines. So how does, a, how does a boss react to that? Does a boss read that email or have you, let's say you call them or you come up to them in person. Let's look at the, let's look at the choices of how a boss can react to that, right? Choice number one is, wow, that person really needs a lot of attention. Boy, for them to send me that email, they must really be thirsting for attention. Choice number two is, Wow, I didn't even I didn't even notice that or I you know I, I forgot about that. Wow, that was a really good idea. This is a good opportunity for me to acknowledge them and rec- recognize them and for me to slow down a little bit and do just that. And the third option maybe is to do neither and just just not even respond, just read it and not even respond. But at the end of the day, if we're going to work hard and if we're going to take initiative, and we're going to be motivated to do so, and we're able to overcome a lot of the other things I've talked about, recognition and acknowledgement is a huge aspect of that. And I talked on a previous show about assumptions and intent. So when we do take initiative, or when we do work really hard, and we do show commitment and dedication, and it's not noticed or acknowledged, it's easy for our inside voice to say, well, why bother? They're not going to notice anyway. I'm not going to get credit for it anyway. And even if you don't verbalize it in those exact terms, you're thinking it. And so in those situations, when you have to make a decision, and is it that my boss doesn't care? Is it that my coworkers and peers don't care? Or probably it's they're too busy to notice. And so in that case, you have an option. You can... You can own something you're proud of, an accomplishment. Not because you need it, because it's good to get that acknowledgement. And there's so many leaders and front-facing staff in the workplace that I feel that could benefit their confidence and self-esteem so much. Because what will happen, right, is if there's two courses of action. You advocate for yourself in a very non-boastful uh, way. <clears throat> and if you get feedback, if you happen to get feedback and someone acknowledges that, yeah, I forgot to mention, that was great. Boy, you're, you're so valuable. That is such a boost to your self-esteem and boost to your motivation to continue to work hard and maintain that level of commitment. But if you don't, it can only go bad because you're going to probably make a default assumption that people don't care, or they're too busy, or it's expected. This is one of my favorite concepts about working hard is the bare minimum. You know, a joke I always used to make is, I know the SAT is somewhat outdated in education, but you get points just for showing up on the SAT. You know, there's a starting score. And so I think in the workplace, there's a bare minimum, I know, there's a bare minimum set of expectations that define hard work, whether it's your job description, whether it's project requirements, but there is a bare minimum. You walk in the door, you're supposed to do at least this. And when people meet expectations and they do what they're supposed to do, 
for some reason, that's not often perceived as hard work. Because you were supposed to do it anyway. So that's not hard work. This is your job. This is what you're supposed to do. Think of a salesperson that hits their quota. You're not considered great. You're considered good. You hit your quota. You were supposed to hit your quota. If you're 5% under quota, you didn't do your job. Think about that. Let's say you're supposed to generate a million dollars in sales. And you generate 500%. You're under quota. You need to work harder. You need to be better. You must not be working hard enough. You must not be making as many cold calls and doing as much lead generation and doing as much networking. So, you know, we have these metrics that are also used to measure hard work, right? So, look, the thing we have to be careful of is when we, when we have standards and when we have expectations and people meet those, we don't want to fall into a trap and not recognize it took a lot of hard work to get to that point. And when we fall in love with metrics and KPIs and goals, which are extremely important, don't get me wrong, I, I value those a lot. But if that's our only barometer and it's black and white, you worked hard or you didn't, or this was the bare minimum, that's just not a good culture. That's not a good place to be. So when we come back for our third segment, we're going to talk about the difference between working too hard and working too much. This is Mark Altman for the Mindset Go Radio Show. I'll be back after the break. listening to I Communicate with your host, Mark Altman. Join us again each week at this time on Full Service Radio, WCRN. Welcome back to the Mindset Go Radio Show. And we've been talking about working hard and taking initiative and how to measure those things and how to create a culture around those things. And this reminds me of a story of my oldest son, Back when he was about, I'm going to say, 12 or 13 years old, one of his chores he had to do was empty the dishwasher. And I got to tell you, you've never seen someone someone empty the dishwasher slower than this kid. I mean, literally one dish at a time, one glass at a time, one piece of silverware at a time. And I would look at him like, you got to be kidding me. I'm like, do you like this task? Do you like this chore? And he's like, no. And I said, well, don't you want to get things done? as quick as possible that you don't like so you can move on to things you do like? He's like, I guess. And, you know, that's what I was talking about in taking initiative before. Because think about the mindset of a, of a, of a kid. The mindset of a kid, if they're doing chores, the quicker I do the chores, then what's, what's the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow? Maybe my parents will see how quick I got those, got those done and they'll, they'll tell me to do more chores. So if it's, hey, finish your chores for an incentive versus finish your chores for more work, there's a big difference that's going to affect taking initiative, working hard, and motivation. So that's a big piece. That's a really big piece. Now, one of the, one of the big areas of self-reflection I've been doing in my own life around this concept of working too hard or working too much is 
my core values and standards are so, so high. And I come, off, I come from a family of achievers, a family that's been very dedicated and committed and really very successful at their craft. So that's the family culture I grew up with. And so you couple that with the fact that I'm super competitive and I'm very driven to be the best at virtually everything I do, which doesn't mean I am the best at everything I do, but I, I'm a, as, as I read the definition in the beginning of the show, I'm a striver. So the, the, I cross the line all the time of working too hard and working too much. And if you're listening to this show and you're relating to that and you're thinking, geez, I wonder if I work too hard or I work too much, here are the things that I see in my own life that you can decide if this relates to you. Well, first of all, my health is negatively impacted. Now, my stress tends to go to my stomach. And so what I notice is I can be having a fantastic day. I can be getting all my priorities done. I can be landing new clients. I can be having outstanding training or coaching sessions. And my stomach will be bothering me. And I realized it's because I'm pushing myself mentally and emotionally at such a level where I'm forcing, I'm trying to think, I'm, I'm putting a sense of urgency on things that don't need a sense of urgency. You know, what happens if I don't get this done today? You know, what happens? And so it goes into stress. It creates stress. It creates stress in my stomach. And so there are days where I'll work 12, 13, 14 hour days and I'll feel accomplished. I've worked really hard. But I work too much because the balance isn't there and it's affecting me physically, mentally, or emotionally. And the thing I don't think we all think about enough is when we work too hard versus too much, you know when you really know it's too much? It's when you're not motivated to do much of anything else because you've, you've taxed yourself to the limit so much that when it comes to working out, even doing things you like, hobbies, going out with your friends, spending time with your family, and doing those other things, you don't really have the energy to do so because you've used all of your energy on working too much. Now, a second aspect of this for me is my work doesn't feel complete. We all can relate to the never-ending to-do lists. We know what that's like. The problem with the never-ending to-do list is It's okay to have a never-ending to-do list because that's life. Things are always changing, evolving. So there's always going to be new and different things to do for your personal and professional life. The problem is if you don't give yourself victories, there have to be incremental victories. There has to be a prioritization aspect because without those two things, you will keep working too much because you'll be searching For some kind of sense of accomplishment and satisfaction because you won't know when you ever feel complete. The third thing I feel a lot is when you don't want to delegate and you feel like you have to do everything yourself. And this is one of my favorite training topics is delegation. Because I think what happens a lot of times in delegation is people have a bad experience with one or two people delegating. And once you've been burned, and it's, it's like, listen, if a friend talks back behind your back, if a boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife cheats on you in a relationship, 
If someone steals something from you in the workplace, you know, once you've been burned, once you have that negative experience, you don't want to experience it again. So this is one of the critical aspects of delegation is once you feel like you've tried it and it hasn't worked out, can't do that again. I better just do it all myself because if I want to do it right, I have to do it myself. Not true. You might have to find the right person that can do it right. You might have the wrong person you're delegating it to. You may not giving, you may not be communicating your expectations and directions and requirements specifically enough, which is interfering. So there's a lot of aspects that go into delegation. But when it comes to working too hard and working too much, if you are that person that stays after till six, seven, or eight, or working when you get home, which is me, and you struggle to delegate and struggle to what you're really saying is struggle to trust. You're working too much, not working too hard. And you don't know how to set that boundary and draw the line. And, you know, the final piece on this around the difference between working too hard and working too much is you get done what you're supposed to be doing. You have that sense of accomplishment but feel like it's not enough also. And so you start doing menial tasks or start doing tasks that aren't true priorities or tasks that other people could be doing because you don't know what else to do because you're so entrenched in working, being the primary confidence, self-esteem woven fabric in your life. So look, all those things equal to one thing. And that is if you're working too much, or working too hard, however you want to rationalize it or define it or compare it, your personal relationships will suffer. Because when you're working, the word T-O-O, working too hard, working too much, you are not going to be able to be emotionally, mentally, and physically available to work the way you want to work. And see, this goes back to what I said in the beginning. This whole segment's about quality versus quantity. So if you're, if you're evaluating and assessing your level of work ethic and commitment and standards based on quality and hours spent and tasks completed, you'll never feel fulfilled because there'll always be something else to do. And so when you think about work ethic and when you think about working too hard, I'm asking you to use some mindfulness. I'm asking you to reframe this and think about, hmm, how do I want to measure this moving forward? How do I want to protect my mental, emotional, and physical health? How do I want to feel fulfilled? How do, what do I need to do to learn how to trust people? What are the steps I need to take so I can trust people and they can trust me? What are the other ways in my life I can get fulfilled besides work? And do you have the emotional intelligence and self-awareness to recognize what relationships are suffering, how they're suffering, how do other people perceive the suffering, and what do you actually think you're missing out on? Maybe you haven't slowed down enough to take a step back to realize what you are actually missing out on. So working too hard, working hard, let's just, let's just, working hard 
is a great core value. And on the surface, I can't, if you tell me you're a hard worker, that actually doesn't tell me anything about you. And when we come back for our final segment, I will continue to talk about just that. This is Mark Altman for the Mindset Go Radio Show. We'll be back after the break. Communicate continues on Full Service Radio, 830 WCRN. Once again, here's your host, Mark Altman. Welcome back to the final segment of I Communicate, and uh, this is Mark Altman, founder and president of Mindset Go. And if you are interested in learning more about the different programs we do at Mindset Go, we have programs in conflict management, we have programs in account accountability. We have programs in leadership and sales, and but ultimately, every program we do comes down to helping people be more confident and effective communicators. And the three ingredients to our recipe of becoming a confident and effective communicator are emotional intelligence, conversational intelligence, and multi-generational intelligence, which is to bridge the communication gaps in the workplace across generations. So, you know, right before we went into the break, I was talking about when someone says they work too, they work hard, and I say, so, so remember where we started the show today, right? What's your biggest weakness? I work too hard. Well, when someone says I work hard, they want me to assume something. They want me to assume that my value of hard work is the same as their value of hard work, right? And what's interesting about this is we do this all the time. We use words that when we think we use the words, we automatically are on the same page of what they mean. Integrity, respect, change, all these words are assumed that we have the same definition. And when it comes to working hard, there are such disparate values and beliefs and perceptions around what that phrase means. Now, I'm going to share a quick story So my daughter had asked me the other day, she was thinking about moving into an apartment in Boston, in the North End, which is really a small, for those of you who aren't in the Boston area listening to the show, the North End, the living spaces are quite small. So she asked me to get on Skype and and look at the two apartments she was looking at. And so I got on the phone with her to give my feedback, but this is how I started my feedback with my daughter. I said, Kyra, you need to know that before I give you this feedback, I have certain biases. And she's like, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, I don't like to live in small spaces, which is why I've never really chosen a place to live based on location. Because for me, um, space, and I'm a homebody, I'd rather have the space and the the comfort of my home rather than the location. So here's why I'm bringing this up to start this final segment. In that when you ask someone for their opinion or feedback or for a recommendation about something, it's going to be jaded. It's going to be biased against their preferences, their values, their expectations. If someone refers a doctor to you, if you're looking for a doctor and someone refers a doctor, they might say, I love Dr. Smith. And then you hear them being passionate about the doctor, so you're, you're inclined to call that doctor. But their goals and values about finding a doctor and what they want out of a doctor could be very different than yours. And the same goes for working hard. 
This whole show, we've been talking about how the d- people can define working hard differently. So if we're going to use the expression, we need to understand what it means to people. And frankly, from a communication perspective, we need to do that as a whole in general. And we can't rely on buzzwords. We can't rely on words like service and quality and performance and follow-up. All four of those words mean different things to different people. If you're a salesperson and part of your sales approach and part of the way you differentiate your company, if you're a business owner and it's part of the way you use your, you differentiate your company to use those words, service, quality, performance, price, follow-up, if I was your prospect, I would say, I don't know what you mean by that because my definition of service is not, may not be the same as yours. We've got to start communicating more effectively. We've got to stop using fluff, generic words that have multiple meanings. We need to be mindful of our word choice. It's one of my four primary ingredients to communication. Word choice, what you say. So, when we talk about working hard, the final area I want to cover on the show today is how it attaches to our self-worth. Okay, and I was talking a little bit about that. And so the question is, do you determine your self-worth? What are, the, what are the ways you measure yourself in your personal and professional life to build your confidence, to feel like you belong, to feel like you fit in? What are those things? And a lot of people use their work and their professional skills to do that. And so I thought I would finish with a neat concept that I discovered that supports growth mindset and it relates to working hard and it relates to probably one of my top, if not my number one, it's one of my top two or three training philosophies in mindset go and that if we want to achieve outcomes, we've got to focus on habits, behaviors and building processes to achieve success and to achieve the outcomes. So I recently stumbled upon a, across a concept called the effort honor roll. Okay, now think about your workplace. Think about how you reward and incentivize, or how you, if it's not you, how you are rewarded and incentivized in the workplace. Think of the behaviors that are recognized. We know in sales, it's size of your pipeline, it's lead generation, it's deals, right? We know in management, it's often KPIs, goals, metrics. You know, we know a lot of times those uh, are related to feedback, getting great feedback from a customer or internally in the workplace. So can you imagine if you were rewarded and incentivized in the workplace by things like this, took initiative, offered help and resources to a coworker? all right? I mean, you take a job, and this is what you're told is how you're going to be measured, okay? Offered help and resources and took initiative, okay? Asked for help. Didn't waste company time and money, and you asked for help. You try to problem solve and critical think on your own, but every time you ask for help, that's recognition for that. Because I have something called the 15-minute rule, I want you to use the resources that you have. I want you to use uh, 
SOPs, standard operating procedures, knowledge you've built. But if you don't have the answer, I don't want you to spin your wheels. I want you to ask your help. I want you also to be rewarded for motivating people. Every time someone was struggling through a project and working through, you motivated them. And you got them past an obstacle or a stumbling block. Either it was inside of their head or it was an outside their head. So the effort, honor roll, hard work, what is it that we measure hard work by? It's effort. So here's your choices, right? Took initiative, asking peers for help, motivating people, using emotional intelligence, physical effort, mental effort, emotional effort. That's what we need to do. We need to have an effort on a roll. This can be done at a, at a school level. It can be done at a parental level. It could be done at a work ethic level. I mean, if you're a basketball, I'm a basketball coach and I'm a baseball coach. You know, the way I do this is the kind of effort you make to hone a certain skill. So if you have trouble reversing your dribble and the amount of effort you make to enhance and improve that skill, that's on the effort honor roll. So work ethic, to me, has as much to do with effort to be the most successful at the task, at the project, at the people management, at the relationship aspect of life. That's where the quality comes in. Quality is driven by effort. So the next time someone asks you or says to you they're a hard worker, start asking questions about how they demonstrate effort and problem solving and how they persevere and how they stay resilient and how they take initiative and how they ask for help. Those are the qualities and skills and characteristics that demonstrate hard work. So final thought for today. Hard work can be driven both by quantity and quality. But at the end of the day, we attach too much to the quantity part. And we measure the surface level of the words hardworking by quantity and less by quality and effort. And it's time we shift that mindset. It's time we take a mindset to really understand what that word means, understand where our core values and perceptions of each other break down so we can make sure we're aligned on what hard work is. So this is Mark Altman. Thank you for joining me for another edition of the Mindset Go Radio Show. I look forward to seeing you next week. Otherwise, have a good rest of the week. You've been listening to I Communicate with your host, Mark Altman. Join us again each week at this time on Full Service Radio, WCRN.